Coming up on this episode of the RunningRestaurants.com podcast, I interview Ann Gannon of the Largo Group. Ann is a repeat guest, and it was great to have her back on to talk about several very timely accounting and tax topics for restaurants. Lots of good stuff in this one. Stay tuned. Hey, folks, Jamie here from RunningRestaurants.com. As you know, there are a lot of elements to consider when growing your restaurant. It can be overwhelming, and that's why I recommend that restaurants check out Pop Menu. Pop Menu has restaurant technology designed to make growing your restaurant easy. Attract more guests to your website, stay top of mind, and drive new and repeat business. Make your systems work better together and conquer the chaos of your restaurant's digital presence. Pop Menu is technology for restaurants that are ready to grow. For a limited time, get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com running. Now go and get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com running. All right, folks, welcome to the RunningRestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today I've got a great episode for you with Ann Gannon, who's the founder of the Largo Group, which provides accounting and tax and coaching help for restaurants. And Ann's been with us before, so welcome back, Ann. Good to see you again. What's, what's new in your world? <laughs> great to see you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, we're I don't know when this will hit, but of course it's February, uh, late late February. If, as from an accounting perspective, it's it's tax season. Yeah. So I know you guys are, are probably stressed, and we're going to talk about that. So the last time we we had a great conversation last time, folks, go back and find that episode. But it was a, I think it was general overarching. We might have talked about tax uh, credits and, and so forth. But I really want to just maybe say ask you the open ended question of what are some normal, not normal, but what are some everyday tax and accounting mistakes that a restaurant makes? And we'll just kind of bebop around. What do you think? <laughs> no, that sounds perfect. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like now is a really good time to kind of look at where you are. I think for most people in the restaurant space, it's been a crazy few years. So the first thing I would say, if you're listening, is go easy on yourself. It's been crazy for everyone. So if you feel like, oh my God, I'm so far behind, or I didn't do this, and you are not alone. Everybody is behind. But I think, you know, as we're into the beginning of the year, I would think it's a really good time to look at last year, good, bad, and the ugly of it, and really just set some targets for this year. Um, you know, I think when you look at things that, you know, sometimes get restaurant owners stressed out in their finances, I think the biggest thing is really looking at where the information comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds silly, but a lot of times, you know, you might have a point of sale system or, you know, your operations team and you're dialed in on that revenue number and you know exactly what that is. And then you go to your, um, you know, end of the year tax return and it's done based on your cash deposit. So the numbers are totally different. <laughs> so even just with revenue, I think we find that, you know, we really all want to make sure that we're on the same page. If we haven't been on the same page in the past, that's okay doesn't make it wrong, but I think, you know, really kind of setting a new path forward, especially with your financial information, you know, point of sale, all of that, it's just a great first step in getting back on track in 2023. Yeah. Well, let's, let's stay there then. There's a variety of technologies that people use to get the data. And in some, in some respects, I'm sure a lot of folks are overwhelmed by that process of this system and that system, and, and maybe not everything comes together or in a timely basis. What are some tips? Um, how often should they be looking at data? You also mentioned the word targets. What are key numbers to look at? What should they be seeing more often? What do you think? 
So I think the first thing that I really stress to everybody who's listening, whether it's, you know, even our our team, whether you're, you know, a business owner for the first time, is the first thing that you have to know is that accounting is a skill, right? So just like shooting a basketball or throwing a baseball, accounting is a skill. So it's not something you're born with. It's not something that you automatically love to do from the first moment you open the door, but it's just something right. that we have to get better at in order to be the best business owner that we can be. So I think approaching it that it's a skill can help get rid of some of the fear because I find that sometimes you're at overwhelm before we ever open the, the profit right. and loss statement, right? Like we're already there. And, and that's really bad because we have to approach it with this is something that I can learn and this is something that I can be good at and this is something that I have to be good at in order to be able to run my business the best way that I can. So approaching it with that mindset I think is the really important first step. The second thing I think that's so important is finding a system and a process that works for you. For us in you know being that we're 90% restaurants having gone through the last three years I would say that we find that process to be weekly accountability. So what mm -hmm. we mean by that is rather than waiting for the end of the month or end of the quarter, or it's something that I avoid, avoid, avoid until we get to the end of the year. If we do it every week, we can catch some of the problems because there's always going to be problems, right? There's always going to be the sales don't match or my cost of goods look off or my labor doesn't look right. Like all of that is going to always happen because it's restaurant. You have a lot of information coming at you every day. But if we can look at it every week and really get to the point where we're looking at seven days worth of data, and it's the same seven days every week, then we can really make sure that we not just have a process and make sure that we agree with what last week was, but then we can ultimately have a target for this week, right? Little manageable things like I want my sales to go up by $1,000 or $2,000 and what that can do to my bottom line. And what happens by doing that every week is you start to take back control of your finances and your accounting. And I think that's the most important thing for business owners, whether you have an accounting service or not, right? Like that's what we do. So of course, you know, I love to do your bookkeeping work, but ultimately whether our team is doing your bookkeeping work or not, or anyone is, you're in control of these numbers every day. And I think that's the other big lesson of COVID is you have to know exactly what those numbers are every day in order to make the best decisions and if it takes your accountant you know a month to get you the p l it is what it is but you still have mm -hmm. to find a way to know your numbers every day do you, i, I want to ask you in a second what some of those numbers are that you want them to look at but do you see a lot of eyes open big when somebody goes from say 30 days of data to looking at every seven days and really the ability to catch stuff and and to react in the moment and to forget oh my gosh 28 days ago what did jim and sally do that that caused that but but you can probably remember five days ago or two days ago you know do you see a big change a huge i mean i think the biggest thing is if somebody is willing to try it, right? Because at first you're like, why in the world would I want to do weekly? I hate accounting. So why would I want to do it more? Uh, which is a good, you know, I, I understand. But I think once you buy in for over a 30 day period and you try looking at it for four weeks in a row, what you immediately see is um, just sense of relief, right? Like the weight is off your shoulders because you also don't have that pressure of like, wow, I'm going to look at this now and then I'm not going to look at it for 30 days. And oh my God, what's going to happen? Like January to February, they have different number of days. Like you just get into right. craziness right away. Whereas if it's like, nope, I'm going to look every Tuesday. 
that goes away, right? And we can still have a monthly budget. We can still have a monthly target. We have a yearly target. We have all those things. But if we know that we're going to look at it every Tuesday, what I see is that weight is lifted, right? Like I know that I don't have to cram it all in right now. I know that I can take it and be more methodical with it and ultimately have less stress. Hundred percent. Yeah, a little little bit of the computer lag there. Hopefully, hopefully we're 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 good here. Um, let's talk about those numbers. Okay, you talk about Tuesday on Tuesday morning. I'm a restaurant. I work with you. I'm getting weekly numbers. What are three? What are, what are what are five of those key numbers? What are or maybe there's ten. Maybe there's maybe there's two. What is what is some of that? So what I really think you have to do is break down. Um, your budget, right? It's very good to have a budget. I think that it's very important, even beyond whatever we call it, to have a target, right? I think the first thing we have to do is really make sure we have set targets that are moving us forward, right? We don't want to just say that we want our sales to be the same as last year. We want them to be 5% better or whatever it is, 10% better. And even beyond that, breaking out the parts of your restaurant that are more profitable or areas of growth, right? So all of that comes down to having a target is very important. The other thing I think that we really have to be aware of is you don't have a lot of time, right? You're already maxed out on time and you're right. putting in a lot of effort into your business. So what we have to do is find a way to make this simplified. That without the eight hours it takes you to build a 12 month budget, we need to find a way to where you have real information every week so that you know where you are. So to us, what we call that is our forecast which is kind of condensed version of the budget. Now, for those that came to the restaurant ownership from the chef world, this is really hard because chefs by nature are very specific, right? Like they want to go find how much I spent at Staples last week. And, and all of that has a place, right? I'm not saying that that doesn't, but we have to find a way to get this into your weekly routine. And the only way it's going to stay in your weekly routine is if it's simplified and mm -hmm. quick. So this is the condensed weekly check-in that is a complement to that much more thorough deep dive that we still need to do. But every week we want to condense it into what we call our forecast, which is our sales. Again, I think a meaningful sales target that is pushing, moving your needle a little bit. Um, as part of that conversation, perhaps comps and discounts are separate, perhaps it's a net sales. So I think that depends on how you track it. But either way, sales for sure cost of goods, I think the big thing to look at with your cost of goods, especially when you're looking at with your team, is the purchases, right? Mm -hmm. What are we doing on our purchases side? What's our purchase target? Is it in line with our sales target? And doing that weekly can really help you see how do my purchases move? Because I might have one good week and then I have one bad week. So ideally, we're taking a four-week average and really checking what's my target of purchases every week. Next one is labor. I think labor is much easier to look at weekly versus monthly because chances are your schedule is built weekly. So the first basic question to ask on the schedule is, what are my labor dollars that are scheduled for this week, right? Because I can get mad all day long that my payroll is too high, but what does my schedule add up to? And there's a lot of software that will do that for us now, but that really helps to just look every week of what's my target for my labor, especially controllable labor, right? My staff labor, and then what's the actual and what does that look like as a percent? And then what I like to do just so my team also has the bottom line is take all the other expenses, right? Especially if we've done the exercise of a 12 month budget, 
and just take that into one number. It's almost like your allocated overhead, right? So for my team, I really don't need them to worry about all those other expenses right now. We're going to do that, but we don't need to do that right now. But I want them to understand, you know, are we making money at that sales number or not? So to do that, I would take all of my other expenses, operating expenses from last month, and just divide by four. So if I had $20,000 of operating expenses, I'm just going to divide it by four. Is it perfect for the chef? No, they're freaking out right now. It's not perfect, but at least then I can tell my team if we have 30,000 in sales and we have 32% labor and we've got, you know, 32% cost of goods and we have this other 5,000. And we're not going to worry about the 5,000, but at least that gets us to a bottom line that we all can buy into. And then we can see in real numbers, hey, here's what happens if sales go to 35,000. You know, then all of a sudden the team has one set of information. And if we do that every week for four weeks, I promise it will change the way that your team looks at your numbers. Right, right. And it's good to remind folks that there's all those hidden costs that they may not be thinking about that go into running the restaurant. I know from the outside looking in, the public thinks that restaurants make a bazillion dollars because <laughs> how can they charge me $6 for a beer? They, they must be making so much money. And, and, and we know that's not, not, not the case because there's so much more that, that goes into it. I, I want to go to inventory for a second because that obviously factors into you know, your, your cost of goods sold. And are, are, are folks taking a full inventory weekly in this scenario? What, is, what do you got? I mean, I think an ide ideal world, yes. But I would say in this model, it doesn't matter, right? It's great if you did. Now we have extra data. But if you didn't, I'm going to just use your purchases over four weeks. And over mm -hmm. a four-week time frame, I should be able to come up with an average cost of goods, whether you took an inventory or not. So I think if anything, doing it this way, it gives them ownership of an inventory because either, either that or I'm yeah. using a higher number. <laughs> so. Right. Well, I, I have a question for you. Um, you talked, you used a phrase and you may have meant, meant it differently, but something popped into my head. You talked about breaking out parts of, of the restaurant in sales. And where that, where I, where I popped into immediately was COVID has changed a lot of folks to a bigger percentage of dine-in versus takeout versus catering and so forth. Do you want people to... I, I think the answer is yes. The, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but you want them to see where the pieces are coming from, what's driving up, where the trends are in each part of the business. Cause I think there's a lot to learn there. What do you think? I do too. I think what's so fascinating about where we are right now is the revenue is such a question mark, right? Like if you had been doing this in 2019, you probably had a very dialed in revenue. You knew your mm -hmm. fire percentage, you knew your dining. It was, you know, every Friday night, like it was just kind of on autopilot. And now there's so many things that have changed in revenue that I think there is a lot to learn, not just of what your revenue is right now, but also what your revenue could be. So I really encourage people to look there because so many times it's the story of my sales are down from last year or my sales are down from still from 19. But in reality, it just may be a different customer. So I think we need to better understand the customer and then see, are there things that I should add in or could add in that could get me back to that same dollar amount that I was in 2019. But I think looking at your revenue, because even when you're setting a target, 
you know, we just don't have that same assumption. There could be exponential growth in, say, a catering over last year because mm-hmm. catering really wasn't there last year, but people seem to be back and looking for catering again, or there's less catering competition than there was. So within that one revenue dollar amount, you could have exponential growth in a certain area while keeping your same growth in other areas. So I definitely think digging into the revenue is so important. And the other piece of that is, you know, even marketing to your customers has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many times I'll have a conversation with someone and they're not even marketing right now or they're doing Facebook ads or, you know, it's just sort of something that's not really on their mind because we don't really know how to communicate with our client or our customer right now. So I think by digging in there, you could also see what's the ROI if I increase my marketing by $1,000, like what do I see that bringing in sales or does it bring in sales? And again, that weekly number that we're all tracking, you know, we could know within two or three weeks, yes, that marketing works because look, my sales are higher. Yep. Um, you know, it just gives us more levers to pull and ways to be proactive. Yeah, a, a dramatic change in the way to market it. It used to be is, I don't have one right here, but because people don't have them, it's a glossy city magazine. Put an ad in the glossy city magazine. Right. It drives people in. You know, things things have changed. Now it's small, you know, a little ad here, a little ad there, a little opportunity there. So that that has dramatically changed. Let's let's kind of go back to um, other mistakes. Uh, mistakes you see restaurants do could be a tax thing, could be an accounting thing, operational. What's what's kind of some weird mistakes you see that folks make? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think on the accounting side, it's just rushing. You know, not really looking at if you're someone who, you know, does the tax return once a year, you know, how many people are doing the tax return March 1st to get it done March 15th and not really having those big conversations. Because especially in restaurants, I think the biggest conversation on the tax side is depreciation, right? So if you had a new asset that you bought last year, you know, did you depreciate it in full? Does it make sense to depreciate it in full or to carry it out over a longer period of time? Um, I think the other thing that's really important is just to make sure that your tax return tells the story of your business. Nobody wants to pay more in taxes than they should, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we show a bottom line that includes everything and, and looks healthy and shows, you know, the success of the business. So I think, you know, not rushing because so many times the P&L or what's ultimately on the tax return doesn't even add up to what actually is happening in the business. And a lot of times it's just incomplete information or again, as simple as I promise you, there are more tax returns than you realize that have the wrong revenue number. Hmm. And then all of a sudden you get a you know, sales and use tax audit because your federal return doesn't match to your state tax filings. Well, it might not if your CPA doesn't even know what your point of sale system shows, right? So, and again, all of that is rushing. It's not like your CPA is doing a bad job. But, you know, trying to get a return done in five days just to hit a deadline is probably not serving you um, in, in making sure that that return is complete. You know, and the other thing I would really think is being thoughtful in your long term strategy. So if your plan is to exit, you know, the business in three years or to put it up for sale, you know, those are conversations that your CPA needs to know so that they can advise you on that and make sure that it's set up. For that correctly um, because so many times it's like oh my business is for sale i'm selling it and then you know there's all these questions or there's gains or so i just think you know really making sure that you look at your tax return is probably the most important piece of information that's put out about your business and if it's not accurate then it's very hard to get funding it's very hard to get um 
someone to buy your business, like it just really sets you up in a bad place where it doesn't have to be, right? Because if that tax return is done thoughtfully, making sure it has the right information, sales, labor, right? Does your labor include your tips? I promise you, if you don't ask your CPA, it might, right? And so you're showing all, like it's just, there's little things that have done thoughtfully can make sure that that tax return tells the accurate story of your business. Yeah. And this uh, will uh, normally sometimes there's a queue to get episodes that we'll try to get this one out as quick as we can because it is it is tax time. Any any other kind of tips, uh, you know, if someone's listening to this in in early uh, March or so that they can take advantage of before or the next quarter filing or things that they might want to look at? Well, I definitely think looking at, um, you know, looking at the profit of your business from a tax perspective, right? Whenever you do that, but I would say definitely doing that midway through the year, having that target, that's the other part of doing a budget is it's not just, I'm gonna do a budget for the sake of doing a budget, but that budget really should tie in to my tax planning, right? Because if I know I'm opening a new location this year, I'm doing a big build out this year, all of that has tax consequences. So I think by making sure everyone on your team is working together, whether it's your CPA and you as the owner, you know, everybody's on the same page that really will make sure that the information is also on the same page. So, you know, I think there's definitely some really important things to do when you are finalizing that tax return, looking at what the end result was for this year. What do I think it's going to be in 23? You don't have to be someone who has, you know, a crystal ball, but just, you know, are there major things I know that are going to change and making sure my tax preparer is aware of. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I, this, I, this is something I want to maybe revisit in our in our future episode with you. But that long term strategy planning is an important piece that some that people totally forget about. But but for now, let's kind of go out to you. I want I want folks to know about your website because you guys have a lot of content on there. You spend a lot of time to produce content. Um, talk about the. I know there's 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 courses on there. You do um, some podcast recordings. There's a lot. There's a lot there. What uh, what would you want to share? Yeah, so definitely look at our website. You know, what we try to do is provide uh, really great resources to everyone in hospitality, whether you use us or not. I think the biggest lesson of COVID is that you have to know what's going on in your business. And that starts with if it's a tax return, it starts with your monthly reports. Like you as the owner have to have that seat at the table. It's not enough to just have, you know, an outsourced person who just gets it done. This is vital to not just today, but when you sell and long-term, you know, all of this is so important. So our goal is to educate, right? Because my biggest belief above anything is accounting is a skill. And there's nothing that yeah. you, the owner, can't learn on your tax return or on your profit and loss statement or balance sheet. Like you can learn all of this. And I think that's our biggest mission is to just educate to make you an even better business owner. Right. Qu- question that builds on that. Um, also on the, on the site, you guys, I, I, this caught my attention. Use accelerator or business accelerator and, and coaching. What do you, what do you do in those regards? Yeah. So uh, what we've found is a lot of times there's little things that business owners just know they need to deal with. And it's kind of overwhelming to figure out how to deal with that. So our accelerator mm. coaching program is very condensed 30 days outcome driven, right? So not necessarily, you know, we're going to just spend 10 hours together for the sake of spending 10 hours together, but we're really going to approach it with a set outcome and deliver for you right away. So a lot of that is, you know, menu driven, uh, labor driven, getting a manager back on track. And Mm -hmm. our team, which makes us unique, is not just accountants, but we also come from operations background. So, you know, having 
another objective third party who's been in those shoes can definitely help uh, bridge the gap between traditional accountant and owner. So that program is great. And then we have our franchise accelerator program, mm -hmm. which is really built more for the independent who has a great idea, loves what they're doing, and wants to take it to the next level in scalability. Oh, okay. So that takes a um, four-month process, really hands-on, one-on-one, really specific to your needs. But at the end of it, again, outcome-driven to where we have a complete model set as far along as you know, pitch decks for financers, all the way ready to go to help you get to that next level. Okay. Yeah, that that's good. Yeah, I can, I can imagine folks go they in the restaurant business, you have success. I want location two, the three, I should franchise, but how do I do it? And there's a lot. I mean, I know there's a lot there. So that's that's an, that's a good program for, for folks that are in that in that uh, territory to check out. Another thing that popped in the head, we definitely need to revisit and dig into perhaps in the future is that whole menu costing and redoing your menu and analyzing it and 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 pulling stuff off that doesn't make sense. That's a that's a whole uh, episode in and of itself. But uh, but what we didn't do. What we're remiss in doing, but we'll definitely do in the notes. And of course, but tell them exactly where to go. It's it's the largogroup.com. And do I have it right? Yes, the largogroup.com. And you can find us on social media at the Largo Group as well. Yeah, excellent. All right. So, all right, folks, good stuff there today from Ann Gannon of the Largo Group. You can find them on the web there at thelargogroup.com. Uh, for more great restaurant marketing and service and people and tech tips, you can stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Ann. Thank you very much. Have a great day.